this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance in about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. For today's episode, I thought I'd jump into a message that I received. This one came in via email from Pat. So Pat, thanks for sending this in. Uh, He wrote, hi, Chris, been listening to you for a while now, and I wanted to say thank you for making this a lot less daunting. Listening to you helped give me the impetus to build my emergency fund more and pay down a good chunk of the principal on my federal student loans. Not sure if you've covered this in an older episode or not, but now that I'm getting the basics more in line, I feel like I'm having some decision paralysis with the next steps. Some days I think I need to put more in the emergency fund. Others, it's more on the student loans or the 401k. Then with the student loan pause ending in January, I started thinking about refinancing, which leads me to thinking about refinancing my car. I know I can't really do all of the above at the exact same time. Do you have any advice on how to start prioritizing after you've got a budget in place? Pat, thanks for sending in that message. And I completely understand. And I am very well versed in the feeling of being overwhelmed. And I've had this exact same struggle where you just feel like there's just, there's too many decisions to make. And when there's too many decisions to make, sometimes you just want to make none and just go do something else that doesn't require any brain power. So I completely understand, but just know you're, you're in a good place because you're at a spot in your life now where your decisions aren't going to be based off of just trying to survive and get by and dealing with the current emergencies. It sounds like you have a good stable footing in place. And now you're just like, Hey, I have some money. Where do I need to put it? Where, where is the most effective place for me to be putting the resources that I have? So For your situation, when I'm dealing with things like you are right now, it helps me to just lay things out to kind of get a a picture of what is it that I need to do. So just looking at what you wrote in your message there, here are the decisions you're trying to make or here are the things I should say that you're deciding between building an emergency fund, because it sounds like maybe it's not fully funded. You've at least started to make progress on it, paying down your student loans, refinancing your student loans, refinancing your car loan and then saving for retirement. So that's a good list of items you have there. It's a good size list. And the decision paralysis makes complete sense when I look at that, because my initial reaction is, well, that's a lot of stuff to, to choose from. But laying it out makes it a little bit easier to tackle. And so for me, what I like to do is I look at the list of things and I decide what is the very most important thing on this list to tackle first. And for me, that would be the emergency fund, because as we've learned over the past what year and a half now, Having an emergency fund is essential because we really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't expect there to be a pandemic every couple of years. I really hope not. But it just shows how fragile our employment could be because some of us made it through without any disruption. Millions of others lost their jobs. And so you don't know which group you're going to fall in. So your emergency fund is that foundation. So for me, six months is the bare minimum. Like That's your the least amount I want you to have in an emergency fund. So six months of your total expenses. And if you're not at that point, then I think that's where you want to focus your money first. If your job is a little less secure, maybe you work in an industry that can be really affected by something like a pandemic or it's a little more seasonal, you may want to bump that up even higher. Like right now I'm working to build up a year of expenses in my emergency fund and I'm taking my time. Like once I hit that six month mark, I kind of slowed down and split my money up a little bit more, but uh, a year is what I'm aiming for just to have a little more security. The next thing I would look at is your refinancing decision here, because it's a little bit easier to kind of just look at those and just kind of move them out of the way so we can move on to the next items here. Refinancing is pretty simple when it comes to auto loans, because if you have a strong credit score, it shouldn't come with any fees and the process should be relatively easy when you talk to your lender. Uh, back in episode 254, I talked about the minimum credit score you need in order to get the best rates out there. So that typically 
falls between 740 to 760, but definitely check with your lender and see what their requirements are. I would only go through the process of refinancing my auto loan if I was going to experience some significant drop in my payment. It's not really worth your time and having your credit run if you're only going to you know, save a couple of dollars each month. And especially if you're considering extending your auto loan in order to get a lower payment, in the end, you might end up paying more in interest because you're spreading out what's left on your loan over a longer period of time, even if the interest rate is lower. So in those situations, I wouldn't really waste my time. And if you're in a position to where maybe your credit isn't where you want it to be, maybe take a little bit of time to go ahead and build your credit up some because the interest rates and oftentimes the balances are low enough on auto loans that, you know, maybe waiting another six months while you improve your credit won't really hurt you that much when it comes to the amount of interest that you're paying. Now, your student loans, that's a little more complicated. From your initial message, it sounds like you have a federal student loan. And right now, the forgiveness situation is still unknown. They've done a lot of targeted forgiveness, but there's really been no decision made on any type of broad student loan forgiveness. So for that reason, I don't make decisions based off of whether or not student loans will be forgiven or not. But I wouldn't rush to refinance my student loan, especially if it's a federal student loan, because in the chance that there is some type of forgiveness, I wouldn't want you to end up in a position where they're forgiving just federal student loans. And now you have a private loan and you're not eligible. So right now, I say just take your time. You can afford to wait several months into 2022 to determine if you want to refinance or not, especially if you're not dealing with like a ridiculously high interest rate. So rates right now, if you were to refinance, they could be anywhere from three to six percent, just depending on the type of student loan you have. So if your rate is somewhere in that ballpark already, there may not be that much of an advantage for you to rush out and refinance. So I would just take my time and wait to see how things go. All right. So after a quick break, we're going to take a look at Pat's final decision here, paying down debt or investing. I host another podcast called This Is Awkward along with my co-host Allison. And on this show, we discuss your awkward money situations like this one right here. My sister decided to move out on her own. She declined any financial preparation, like having any type of emergency funds, and wouldn't take me up on helping her budget. I told her she should continue to live rent-free with our parents for as long as possible. Well, come to find out, she was just telling everyone, including our parents, that if she needed money for rent or anything, she knew I'd just give it to her. A very awkward conversation followed after that. (laughs) So if you want to find out how we would handle this awkward money situation, or you want to send in your own situation for us to discuss on the podcast, search for This Is Awkward on the podcast app you're listening to this show right now, or go to the show notes to find the link. All right, let's tackle Pat's final dilemma here. Should he focus on paying down his student loans or investing? And I think this is one of the more common questions that I've had come up here on the podcast because it's a difficult one. And you feel like you don't want to, you know, you don't want to neglect your debt, but you also don't want to miss out on investing. A good thing to, or I should say like a good first step when looking at this is just looking at the interest rate of your debt. Is it extremely high? Because if it is, oftentimes mathematically, it makes more sense to pay off your debt if the interest rates are going to be higher than what you're going to earn in investing in your investments, I should say. So for example, the S&P 500 historically has earned somewhere around 10%. And if you adjust that for inflation, it's really like 7%. So if you're paying interest on a credit card, for example, and you're paying 30% interest, I would say, no, I wouldn't. I would pay down my debt. I would focus on that before I even touched investing, or at least I would put very minimal amounts toward investing because 
you're going to be losing money every dollar you put towards your, say, your retirement account instead of into your credit card payment. You're going to end up losing money. You're going to be paying much more in interest on that dollar by letting it stay on your credit card. But in this case, we're looking at student loans, which typically have relatively low interest rates compared to other types of debt. And so in this situation, there's no perfect amount. Like There's no perfect ratio. It's not like 20% to debt, 80% to retirement or vice versa. There's no special formula. It's really a judgment call. It's really based off of how you feel, which can be hard. That doesn't really, doesn't really help that much. So what I would say is if your company offers some type of match in your 401k plan, that would say definitely put in enough to at least get that match because it's free money. You're basically going to get an additional contribution by your job into your retirement plan by just putting money in yourself. So in that situation, it makes it a little bit easier. It's like, okay, if they're going to match me for every dollar I put in up to 3% of my salary, I'd put in 3% of my salary. And then anything else I have extra, I'd put towards my student loans. And now obviously, you know, it depends on how much extra money you have left over every month. But I would just use that that match as my guide to let me know, you know, how much would I want to start putting towards investing versus putting towards my debt and kind of just find a balance that works for you. There, there's no perfect answer. Uh, but at the very least, you want to try to benefit from that match when you can, if that's available. All right, Pat, I hope I answered your question there and I covered all the points you wanted to hit there. Please let me know. Send me an email, follow up email. If there's anything that I didn't cover in this episode, as always, if any of you out there are listening and want to send me a question like Pat did, you can send me an email to questions at popcornfinance.com. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram at Popcorn Finance Podcast. Like the person I'll be featuring in today's kernel. This message came from Christina over on Instagram, and she said, your show has inspired me. I'm very close to reaching 20% of my FI number. That's the financial independence number. And uh, if you remember, I spoke with Connie a couple times on the podcast, and she talked about how she had these little mini celebrations every time she reached a 10% milestone. So it sounds like Christina's right upon a new milestone for her retirement savings. Uh, She continued, I am at 18.91%. So when I do reach it, I'm going to do a Zoom call with my cousin and we're going to toast 20% to financial independence together. She said, maybe when I hit 30%, I can toast with her in person. So Christina, congratulations. I'm really happy to hear that you're moving towards that retirement goal. And yeah, please let me know how your celebration ends up going. A big shout out to Christina and to Pat for being a part of today's episode. Before I get out of here, just to let you all know, I'm doing more content over on YouTube. So if you go to the show notes, you'll see a link there, or you can just search for Popcorn Finance on YouTube and you'll find me there. I'll be putting up different content, hopefully on a regular basis. I just recently put up an episode on how to get rid of those really annoying credit card offers that show up in the mail. And I put up a clip from the episode of This Is Awkward that I shared on the podcast about a week ago. You get to see our faces as we actually go through and listen to the call and respond to it. So yeah, go on over, check it out. Love to have you join me over there as well. As always, I appreciate you joining me here for another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.